Welcome to the GRC Professional Podcast, where we discuss all things GRC. Welcome to the GRC Professional Podcast. My name is Kwame Slesher. I'm the editor of the GRC Institute. And today we are plugging ourselves. And with that, of course, we have Naomi Burley, our managing director. Hi, Naomi. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. Yes. If we're going to do a self-promotion piece, I'm there. (laughs) (laughs) So I think today we're going to talk a little bit about careers and career pathways um, through um, the courses, the the core courses that we're offering, plus some new stuff that's been coming onto Scope. So what is it really that we wanted to discuss in that space? Okay. Well, I guess where we want to step back, step back and go to the origins of um, GRCI, Uh, We were set up by a group of professionals who wanted to establish compliance as a profession rather than simply just a role description. And uh, in doing so, we first created the accreditation pathways and we were imagining that people could step through their career going from associate to CCP and CCP fellow and gain their experience and then give back to their fellow professionals. We then, as everybody knows, became an RTO and converted the associate level and the CCP to also delivering a qualification. So if you are a member and uphold the code of ethics and continue with your professional development throughout the year, earning your 20 points and you've done the qualifications, you are also accredited um, as well as associate and CCP on top of having a qualification. After we'd done sort of those levels, what was also recognised is that there are some people who end up in a compliance role and it's one of, you know, the the long-standing stories about compliance. They end up in in a compliance role for whether they ask too many questions or whether they seem to have an aptitude for it or they wanted to move from another role and then they have to very quickly get up to speed with what is this thing called compliance. And that's where we brought in the 101, which has evolved over time and is currently undergoing another review again, because once upon a time, it was a lot about explaining what's the difference between new and legal and first line and third line and second line and going through all those basics. Now it's evolved a little bit. In Australia in particular, we report in a different way. There seems to be falling into uh, a structure in a way organisations are normally structured with compliance functions. And so we're, we're updating that course. So that's sort of a first day on the job kind of 101. We have members who are much more experienced coming back and redoing it as well. Um, which is always really interesting because they give us some really interesting feedback about why they've done that. But all of those three courses, from the very beginning, we said these can't be legislative specific because it'll cut out a whole lot of our members. We have a very diverse membership. And even though one of the criticisms that's always, always bandied about is that we're very financial services centric, the, the balance is that um, unfortunately, the financial services just have bigger teams. There are more organisations from small ones right through to the big banks. So it's not necessarily about being the big end of town. It's about the fact that they just have more bodies on the ground doing compliance for them. But our other sector of the membership is still really, really important to us. And we understand that they have unique struggles because they have smaller teams or they might be operating on their own and they don't have that guidance. So our training is even more important for that for those sectors because they often don't have mentors in their sectors able to guide them through doing this process. So we've kept it very principles-based. It's based on the two international standards, 37301 and the risk standard 31,000. And we don't 
get into legislative specifics. It's all about the, the, the process and the steps through to building a compliance framework, undertaking compliance risk assessments, which are different from other kinds of risk assessments and, and doing it that way. Um, but more recently, as, as we know from our other self-promotion um, podcasts, we've added to scope some anti-money laundering qualifications at the request of members primarily. So we've brought on board the skill set in, in anti-money laundering and counter-terrorism financing, the graduate certificate in the same and the graduate diploma in the same. Again, nice three levels. Now, nominally the skill set, um, if you go to training.gov.au, they'll tell you that that's aimed at first-line staff who might be doing KYC or they might be doing other things or they might be uh, sort of the champion for compliance in first line. Now that that is still the case. Our content would still be very suitable for those, but it's also incredibly uh, useful for uh, those who may have had a compliance role um, in more general compliance and either AMLs come onto their scope or they have moved into a role where they now need to get up to speed with AML. Or even better, they've moved into financial services from another sector and they need to get up to speed with the myriad of regulation and legislation in, in the financial services space. So the AML skill set is a bit of a, a um, knowledge dump about financial services um, regulation and code, codes of conduct as well, which is an important facet of financial services, um, as well as taking you through the basics of conducting AML risk assessments against products in particular. Um, and so it's a really solid course for that. Having sort of stepped back and now run the pilots for those and, and we're listing those and promoting those, we also used to find quite often that people would do the 101 or sometimes the Cert 4 and ask for more in-depth knowledge about financial services regulation and legislation. And we didn't at that time have that. But having sort of run the pilot now, um, we recognise how valuable that one is because it really does give you a huge roadmap of what's out there, what, how you figure out whether it applies to you and where to find all your source documents and how to get on, on with building your compliance um, framework around those regulations. So it would actually be a fantastic supplement for people who might have done 101. Mm -hmm. They then get the concept of what they're doing in the role and then they want to get on with the work of making sure that they've, that they've covered everything off. They could go and do the skill set and that will cover them off for financial services um, regulation as well as the first sort of introduction to anti-money laundering as well. So it's a really valuable course both ways. You don't necessarily have to be an AML specialist to, to want to do that one. And then when you get into AML specialisation or needing to have more in-depth knowledge is that when you go into your graduate certificate and the graduate diploma. So it's ended up being really, really complementary. We thought they'd be separate streams, but the, the feedback we've got from the pilot group is that it's just a really nice solid um, supplementary day to invest in, um, which is which is really good for where we want to go with the professionalisation piece for members is to help them create and envisage their uh, career pathways and to be really conscious and be able to build up a portfolio of expertise and qualifications and training to step into the next role. So always ready to go to the next level. 
um, and the, the board is putting together some other working parties to build up some other resources so that people can self-assess themselves against different compliance roles, different compliance seniority, and, and do their own gap analysis of what they, where they need to train and where they could go next. So it's a really exciting time um, to have these courses coming on scope as well as the board building these other resources for members. And of course, um, in addition to that, we also have our continuous professional development um, pieces, which of course not necessarily accredited, but give you those essential skills. Like um, yeah, that's Sarah, right. You, that's yeah. right. Once you've got your core thing, you know, to step into a leadership role, you might like we have. We have the we have the public speaking with Sarah Ewan, and we have the business writing documents with Vivian as well. And you know, we're always on the hunt for other leadership or other. Um, a skills enhancement workshops and training that's out there that's of a, of a high quality for our members that would meet the gaps that we don't necessarily cover in the qualification and that it can be hard to develop if you haven't got a strong mentoring relationship or you're not working in an organisation where you get the opportunities to do that training um, or even get that experience. So, yes, we, we have that out there. And so it's genuine ongoing professional development as a compliance professional to not just maintain your skills because that's sometimes that's a lot of what that that's about you know making sure you understand what the current regulations are and that's one aspect of it but the other aspect is helping you keep stepping up to the next role and being really conscious about um, pushing yourself more because being a compliance professional is is an incredibly complex um, role and it's, it's such a mix of skills and personal qualities that there are quite a few people, as we all know, who come into the course, do it for a little while and then figure out it's not, they can't do that. They just don't have the aptitude for it. And it, yep. it's, it does self-select a lot of people out. Yeah, excellent. And so I, I think we also want to kind of ask a question to our listenership as well in terms of what is else would they like what are they looking for in terms of the career pathways and whether what we're doing is being adequately recognized by their employers yes yes we do so um we always ask people are there any other skill areas you want training in and we've had some really great feedback um, from that over the years but i guess this question is very specific about as an rto what courses would you like us to have on scope where you need the qualification um where you think that you are getting feedback from your employer that what they'd like to see is you have X, Y, Z on your um, CV. I'd be really interested in hearing that kind of feedback. Now, we, we get lots of positive feedback about the courses we already run and them being increasingly recognised by employers as a unique compliance qualification, which is really, really great and very encouraging. But I also want to hear if you're getting other feedback, if there's, if there's another area that they think that they want you qualified in. Um, we're always looking to make sure that those um, qualifications have the required competencies in it. And we are... You know, I flagged it for a while and, and I'm hearing it back from members that, that sometimes when they're recruiting a junior staff member or when they're recruiting staff members, they want someone who's also had data analysis experience mm. or someone who's had some assurance experience. Is there any, you know, is there any kind of feedback like that where members think if I had this qualification, it would actually make a difference? If you can send that through, we'd really love to hear about that. Um, We've sort of flirted with the ideas of getting on scope the qualification for responsible managers, but we understand that that's not really where our members are at. That's that's not what they need to do per se. Um, so interested in that feedback. There might be none. 
might be really happy with what we're providing, which is always good. <laughs> Excellent. I think that was really sort of the last thing to hit on. Is there, I guess any sort of words to leave members with who are, who are listening, um, trying to get their training uh, and everything sorted? Just, just the reminder that we always do is that we know you're really busy. We know that you're under constant change management, that, you, that you're looking at the next thing and trying to solve really complex problems that the regulators can't solve themselves so they leave it to you to solve sometimes um, but take the time at least once a quarter to look at where you are at personally and professionally and see if there's something else you want to do to invest in yourself because as great as your employer might be and as much as they want to support you uh, you know, it's your responsibility to make sure you're putting your hand up for those things, that you know what is the right thing to put your hand up for, that you're investing your time wisely and that you are always investing back in yourself. Um, and we would really encourage you to take the time and space to do that. And we're going to be putting some more tools on the website to help you think about that in terms of your career as well. Um, but, but please do take that time for yourself and be conscious about where you want to go and, and what roles you want to be in. That's Excellent. it for me. That's my pet talk. <laughs> hope everyone's really motivated now. Yeah, that's uh, well, right. Well, thank you so much for your time, Naomi. And uh, hopefully we'll have you back on the podcast again, um, maybe for another plug. <laughs> yep, yeah, maybe, or maybe for something else. You never know. <laughs> Thanks, Kwame. This podcast was a production of the Governance Risk and Compliance Institute and the music was produced by Rob Neary.